0: Hello my name's Richard Hayward and welcome to my podcast series looking at the Psalms in the Bible. Today we look at Psalm 13 and also we have a look at a passage which is one of my favourite passages from Philippians chapter 4 verses 4 to 7. This Psalm and those verses in Philippians deal with how do we navigate when we feel like God is distant or when God has turned away. Our prayer as always with these sessions is that they will give you a time to be still, to stop and be more aware of God's presence in your life. God bless you as you listen to these verses and then a few reflections on these verses. Psalm 13, reading from the New Living Translation For the Choir Director, a Psalm of David O Lord, how long will you forget me? Forever? How long will you look the other way? How long must I struggle with anguish in my soul, with sorrow in my heart every day? How long will my enemy have the upper hand? Turn and answer me, O Lord, my God. Restore the sparkle to my eyes, or I will die. Don't let my enemies gloat, saying, We have defeated him. Don't let them rejoice at my downfall. But I trust in your unfailing love. I will rejoice, because you have rescued me. I will sing to the Lord, because he is good to me. Philippians 4, verses 4-7, to reading from the New Living Translation. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything, instead pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Have you ever felt like you have been abandoned, maybe abandoned by God, that you're on your own? Maybe that God has turned away from you, or that God is ignoring you, or too busy with other people to be concerned about you? Maybe you feel that at the moment. Are you in a place? mentally or spiritually or financially or emotionally where you feel alone or isolated maybe you've been a believer in jesus for many years maybe you don't believe in jesus this psalm that we're looking at this week psalm 13 has a psalm that uh has passed me by for I should think I should say most of my life never really given it much thought until a few years ago I was leading a set of worship at a local event and asked if anyone had a favorite psalm one of the things I love to do is to read a psalm and then put it to music put those words to music As a singer-songwriter, I find the psalms a great place to go for inspiration. It's the place that I go to when I've got writer's block. So that evening, I asked the question, does anyone have a favourite psalm? Someone said, yes. Their favourite psalm was Psalm 13. They then said, but I don't think you'll be able to put that to music it's not an easy psalm. I have to admit when I asked the question I was hoping for a joyous psalm, a psalm of praise that I could use. Instead I read the opening words of the psalm and thought, oh. I did wonder in that moment as to maybe I was showing off by suggesting that I would write a song in front of people and that this was God's way of teaching me the lesson of humility. My songwriting is is part of my personal walk with Jesus. Songs come out of times of prayer and meditation. Often they start as tunes or lyrics while I'm driving or walking. I quickly get my phone and hit record on the voice memos and I've got hundreds of them of driving noises or walking noises and me either humming or saying a few words. Joe and Elijah are quite used to me dropping back and writing something down or recording something and then catching them back up for the rest of the walk. God gives me the first few lines of the tune or the chorus and then he asks me, use the gifts that he has given me to persevere and craft that beginning into a song sometimes it can take weeks sometimes minutes that evening I thought well maybe I tried to force God's hand and that I should skip this and, and move on to another song and just accept that it was my mistake after all as the lady said How can you write a song based on Psalm 13? But I felt God say, no, concentrate on this psalm. Draw out the truth that it contains. I've placed my truth even in these verses. And so Psalm 13 can kind of be broken down into three parts. There are three parts that together create a pathway, a really useful pathway, for when we are struggling or when we are in a difficult position. So the first part is the problem, the issue. In this case, it was David's anxiety. We don't really know when this psalm was written, so we can't sort of place it into the story that we know about David, but clearly, He was not in a great place and he was consumed with worry. His worry was that God had gone, that God had turned away. What's worrying you at the moment? What's consuming your thoughts at the moment? For you, what is the locked door, the brick wall? the hurdle, the chain that is stopping you from moving forward. Sometimes we fool ourselves, or maybe we are fooled by the devil, to pretend like our hurt will just go away, that our worry will disappear, that what what is troubling us is silly. So we shouldn't tell anyone, let alone God. So the first thing was David identified or or voiced what was bothering him, what was worrying him, what was consuming him. The second thing is David brings it to God. He doesn't bring it to God in some ordered prayer with long, wafty words as we sometimes do when we pray. Maybe we think we need to dress our prayers up when praying to God because we think everyday language can't be used or is not suitable. You could almost say that David was a bit dramatic in his language. He does kind of sound like, He's delivering a line from a Shakespeare play, doesn't he? Restore the sparkle in my eyes or I will die. Cue dramatic music and massive thunderclap. <laughs> but that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter when we get a bit exasperated, when we get overdramatic in prayer. It doesn't matter when we shout or cry out to God. It's a bit like when our children, when they were toddlers, when they completely lost it over something that seemed so small to us, but was big to them. We take them up in our arms, we listen to them, we comfort them, we console them, and we find a solution with them. God made you and God made me in his image. We don't do that with our children by accident. We do it with our children by design because that is how God is with us when we throw a wobbly or have a tantrum or break down or even lash out. It's what Paul is referring to in those verses in our second reading from Philippians. Bring everything to God the bits when we are calm, but also the bits when we aren't, the good bits, the bad bits, the gnarly bits, the little things, the big things, all of it. And when I say all of it, and when Paul says all of it, I mean, and Paul means, all of it. Bring it to God. Whatever is worrying you. Whatever is consuming you, bring it to God. On Wednesday of this week, before going to sleep, Joe and Elijah were praying together as they do as part of bedtime routine. And Elijah asked God for some more snow so that we could go sledging again. We've been sledging on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday and the snow was starting to get a little bit thin so God asked so sorry so Elijah asked God for some more snow it snowed overnight on Wednesday and on Thursday we went sledging again while getting ready to go sledging on Thursday our neighbor Rodney was outside going to his car as normal we had a chat with him. Elijah told Rodney that we were going sledging to which Rodney said it would be good as more snow had fallen. Elijah's response was yeah I know I asked God for the snow last night. God wants us to ask him for more snow. Given what Jesus said about children I am convinced that God was delighted when Elijah asked for more snow, but was even more delighted when Elijah told our neighbour about God answering his prayer. Which leads us on to the third part. David thanks God. He praises God. He believes God. He trusts God. He has faith. Philippians 4 verse 6 says not only bring our needs to God, but also thank him. We have a symbol on the side of our van next to our Hayward Family Adventures sign. It's all part of our logo. It's the symbol that you can see on the bottom right of your screen at the moment. Maybe you are wondering what it was. God gave it to me in an unfolding drawing session when I was meditating on the verses in Philippians. The arrow starts at 5 p.m. on a circle and goes counterclockwise to the top and then drops straight down the middle of the circle to the bottom and then climbs clockwise to the top. It represents us asking God for what we need, God providing what we need, and then us saying thank you to God. Our attention is always upwards, just as David was in Psalm 13 and just as Paul suggests we do in Philippians, and what happens when we do? we will know peace, God's peace, a real peace, a peace that cannot be explained, a peace that doesn't come in a tablet or a bottle, a peace that we can't buy, a peace that is not dependent on our surroundings, a peace that is free, a peace that is plentiful, a peace that is genuine, a peace that is peaceful, a peace that is loving, God's peace. Often the words that I write with our sessions on Facebook and on the podcast have our prayer, which is that these sessions will help you stop and become more aware of God's presence and his peace in your life. That is our genuine prayer for you, that you would stop, you would listen, you would hear and accept the love that God has for you and that you would know God's peace that comes through spending time with him wherever you are.